The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but as salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You'll remember last week we were had the uh, the Beatitudes and uh, the it's the Sermon on the Mount, same thing. And let me just flip it over. The blessed are those who mourn; they will comfortably. Blessed are the meek; they will inherit the land. Blessed are the poor in spirit; the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So, what we're picking up with right now, what we just read, "You are the salt of the earth; you are the light of the world," is a continuation of the same sermon. So we're, we're still in the same moment there. Jesus is up on the hillside. The, the, these, all these people from the surrounding towns have come up to listen to him. His, the, the 12 apostles are there, many of his disciples, and then a whole lot of other people who are seeking something from him. Sometimes it's healing. Other times they, they brought a family member who's maybe crippled or injured or ill. There's... Others are seeking truth, they're waiting, they've been waiting for the Messiah, there's been rumors about healings, and so they're trying, maybe this is the Messiah. So, so these are his followers, so to speak, that, that he's preaching to. And if you remember from last week, the, the Beatitudes are like a, a promise that he's giving them. He said, blessed are you, because these are the, and then he describes what their life is like, suffering, mourning, um, poor in spirit, uh, seeking righteousness. And he's describing them, he's just saying, no, you are blessed because of these things, both now and in the, in the future and in the life to come. So to these same people, he's saying these following things. You are the salt of the earth. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's dig into that because that's what we're supposed to do with Scripture. We're supposed to spend time with it and try to understand it. So you, you start parsing it out. Well, salt, okay, we're salt of the earth. Well, all right, yeah, salt's in the ground. They dig it up or whatever, but... But what, what would have been meant to them back then? Well, salt, first of all, I mean, the most obvious one that you probably think of is cooking. What do you use salt for? Well, when we cook with it, we don't need a whole lot of it for it to absolutely transform whatever it is that you're cooking. You have a, a nice marinara sauce or something like that, and you, if you forget to put the salt in, it just tastes flat. It's like, the, like dead. It's like, gosh, it's almost like cardboard or something. But then you just, just a pinch, and all of a sudden, all these flavors start opening up, and the, and the, the, the aromas become uh, richer, and it, it just transforms what it is that you're cooking into something much, much better. All these nuances of goodness come out. So what could our Lord be saying to us about the, us being the salt of the world, salt of the earth? We use that phrase colloquially, speaking. yeah, this, that guy, is, he's the, that, that family, they're just solid-the-earth kind of people. 
well, it's like, okay, well, it's, it's this. It's, it means that with people like that around, it doesn't take many to transform the, area, the, the, the whole community that they're part of, to bring out the goodness that's there just by being associated with it, even though we might not have it ourselves. We're next to them, and they just bring it out of us because of their goodness. That's what we're called to be for others. And he's telling you, disciples, followers of Jesus, who show up at 1030 on Sunday, I want you to be the salt. You are the salt. So that's just on the flavor side of it. Okay, well, what else? Salt is used for curing things, a cured ham, prosciutto, there's, there's different things. And, and the, the, what you could typically want to classic things to do. You take the, the ham hock or whatever and you, you, you put it in a salt bath and it soaks for I don't know how much time and, and after that it's, it's, it's cured. It, it is preserved. So mold and bacteria can't grow in there very easily. And it lasts a long time in, in a really great shape and it tastes even better still. So what could that be when, when our Lord's referring to that? Well, there's so much of when us having salt in us, so to speak, morally, spiritually, we're preserved from corruption and putrefaction. And without the gospel, without the grace of our Lord in us, it's like we, we tend to corrode and corrupt and putrefy and rot. But with it, our souls are, are preserved. They, they're in, in good form and, they, and they, they're, they're able to, to serve their purpose. I mean, you, you could kind of extrapolate out all the different kind of meanings from that. I'm just kind of doing this from the hip right now. So that's salt. So we're called to be that for, I mean, that curing part in the world around us. And like in, in our families, it's, it makes it harder for putrefaction and for bacteria and stuff to get in there and infect things because we're different. The gospel of God's grace, his love in our hearts has transformed us, changed us in meaningful, real, profound ways such that it's harder for the, the, the corruption of this world to cause us to rot and those around us as well. You are the salt of the world. Okay, light. Let's go to the next one. You're the, uh, you're the salt of the earth. Excuse me. You're the light of the world. What does light do? Okay, that's a great uh, light. You look around, there's candles, and they just they, they pop out. Even though it's really small, it just pops. And it's easy to, to, to see and identify because it's different than just the, 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 the lumens or whatever the, the measurement. It, it, it stands out. Well, light helps us to see, it guides us, it directs us. With light, we can know where we're going. Okay, that's an obvious one, metaphorically. We know where we're going when we have the light of the truth of the gospel in front of us to illuminate the way. We trip less. We, it, it illuminates such that we actually know what's in front. We know their surroundings and things that it, they become intelligible and clear and we know what we're dealing with. We see them as they really are and not through some veiled darkness that's kind of obscured and we, well, I'm not sure really what this is. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. The light illuminates that. And if we are the light of the world, that's what we do. 
It's also what we're called to do. It's both. It's both of those things. It's what we do in the fact that just by being light and being salt, without even necessarily going out and proactively doing something and say, hey, hey, we, this, is, this is the way we need to believe in this. Just by the, the very nature of our, our being, it just radiates such that people are drawn to it. People are drawn to saints. People are drawn to goodness and beauty, moral goodness and moral beauty and integrity of life. People see it's like, wow, what's, they got their stuff together. And it comes out in their face because they don't frown all the time and they're not just griping and moaning about everything. It's, it's, it, it, it comes out even if we're not trying to proactively uh, evangelize or, or preach or, or, or whatever. It just comes out. I want, I want to share a story that I don't think I've, I've shared with, with you before. It's a personal story. Um, when, uh, to, to this end right here about being light and salt. When, when I was in high school, I, di I didn't grow up Catholic. I grew up Methodist and fell away from that. And I was an atheist in high school for a while, not long. It wasn't much time. But it was meaningful and it was real and, and I was into it. And, and I, I went to, I was 16 years old and I go to this summer camp and there's this guy from inner city Philly that's there. That's there. His name is David Berkshaw and I've tried to find him on the internet. I just cannot find him. And you'll know why I keep looking for him. And as an atheist, I'm going around because I think it's really cool and hip and, and, and I'm, I've got this all figured out and everybody else is so dumb. And, and um, so, yeah, just a little bit of hubris there. But I'm telling everyone about it and, and, and there at this summer camp, it had nothing to do with religion, it was music. But this, um, this other guy that was at the camp, he, he's telling, um, he, he's preaching to, he's, he's, uh, he's evangelizing. He was like Pentecostal or something like that, had a huge conversion in his life. And, and some friends of ours say, hey, hey, you ought to go talk to, to David Berkshaw. I think they just wanted to see what would happen if they put the two of us together in the same room. But David, is, is, he's coming to me like, okay, well, I got to help this, this atheist kid. He's, he's in trouble and his soul. And, and I'm thinking, I got to help this David kid. Boy, he's confused and with all these lies about religion and all that. And so we talked. And I'm giving out arguments. They're not good ones, but they're the classic atheist ones. And I think they're good. And, and he doesn't know how to rebuff them. And, and absolutely nothing he said convinced me of the existence of God. Nothing. There, there were, he'd just affirm it over and over again. It was, it was nothing. But he convinced me God existed. Because I saw in his face in his attitude, in his demeanor, this joy, this peace, this grounding, and this, this truth would just like radiate out of him even though he didn't have any words to put on it that were convincing for the head. But they were so convincing for the heart. I said, David, I, I wish I could believe. I, I wish what you're saying was true because I'm like looking at you and I, that's what I want, that's what I'm missing in my life. You know, this, this story goes on. I had a big, you know, born-again kind of conversion experience, uh, and David is the one that got me there. David Berkshaw from inner city Philadelphia. I wish I could find him again to thank him, because I haven't seen him since. He was light. He was salt. It didn't matter that he wasn't really prepared intellectually to engage. Like, the Holy Spirit worked right through him and was so convincing. I just couldn't deny it. It was so real and so authentic. 
So when our Lord says that we are salt and light, he's first of all affirming it in us, but he's also encouraging us and calling us to actually proactively do that and be that. And I just wanted, I just thought of a couple ways that we might be able to, to do that pro, on, a, on a more of a, of a proactive way. Well, first of all, well, we, people might wonder what's special about us. We might wonder that sometimes too, but, but when, if we just at least anecdotally share the fact that, uh, I don't know, we're at work or something like that, and it's, oh yeah, when I, was, I was going to Mass the other day and this is what I saw on the street or something like that. Well, then you just dropped a little seed. The fact that you go to Mass. Oh, wow, I didn't know you were Catholic. I'm Catholic too. Oh, great. Oh, wow, yeah, my, I used to be Catholic, but I haven't gone in the longest time. I was thinking about, yeah, I, I probably really ought to get back. And, and, th and then what do you do? You invite, well, why don't you come with me? I'll, I'll meet you. And we'll, what, what church is close to you? I'll, I'll, I'll take you there and we'll go out to brunch afterwards. That was just salt and light in action right there. And it really didn't cost much either. How about Ash Wednesday? That's coming up before too long. Leave those ashes on your forehead. Let them on there. Be, don't, don't be afraid to be a witness. I, I, I was uh, talking to someone after the, the Mass last week and, and the, the whole subject about a little bit of, a little bit of uh, persecution isn't a bad thing when you get booed for being Christian. Well, well, if we get booed for having ashes on our, is that the worst? That, if that's the worst we go through, man, we're doing pretty good. And that just might toughen us up a little bit too. How about this one? This is an easy one, a low-hanging fruit here. Someone that you know that's going through a hard time, a difficulty, uh, a strain on relationships, an illness, uh, it, whether they're, they're close to you, they're a family member, or someone farther, uh, not, not quite as directly, uh, a, um, a, a co-worker, offer to pray for them. Just just uh, hey, tell you what, uh, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. I'm, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go home and I'm, uh, on the way home, I'm going to stop in a church and I'm going to light a candle for you and just know that I'm rooting for you and I, and I hope this works out. That is an act of love. That is an act, that's light coming out. That's, that's a salt coming in and, and helping to protect against the bacteria that wants to get in that other person's soul and tell them that nobody cares and it doesn't really matter. And It's love. It's, it's, it's an act of it's an act of worship of God Almighty. Uh, share online, that's a great place. I mean, you have to be careful uh, there. There's, there's, there's pros and cons um, as well, but, but why not? I mean, in a positive way. Does, that doesn't mean you have to engage in a Twitter battle with, with the entire internet, but, but just to, to have to share in some way um, an expression of your faith there in a simple, happy, normal kind of way. Wearing, wearing crucifix uh, in, in, in the, out in public. Blessing yourself. I'm, I think I've mentioned this one before. Blessing yourself before your meals out in public. There are ways that we share. Now, like again, like I said again, even if we don't do any of those things that I just said, you are different by the fact that you have God's grace in you. And it bleeds out even though people might not understand why or how you're different. They just know that you are different. But it goes on steroids when you start doing stuff with it. And I know that David Berkshaw was rejoicing and had the best time when he saw me just have my life transformed because he wasn't afraid to share his faith. 
God will bless you if you do. He's already blessing you. You are salt. You are light. This is what you can do. It's already nascent in your, your very being. But he's not going to force you. He's not going to twist your arm. But he does invite. So be the salt, be the light. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.